You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I once talked to Chris Long when he was the season before he was going to retire. You know, I asked him. Sorry. Oh, that's just the name that you dropped. I I picked it up. I didn't know if you wanted to hold on to that. I used to be a journalist. I mean, it used to be my job to talk to (laughs) athletes. Ah. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan and in New York City, Charlotte Wilder. Hey, Charlotte, how you feeling? I mean, you know, I think we're all just doing the best we can as this, this first week back into January. And I want I want all of our viewers out there to know we see you, we feel a struggle, and you're doing amazing heading into this next year. So let's that's a mini hype me up for everybody at home. Are you talking to the viewers or are you talking to the Boston Celtics who fell 127 no. to 123 to the league's newest darling, the Oklahoma City Thunder, led by <sighs> Shea Gilgis Alexander with an MVP caliber performance, 36 points and eight boards. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Wilder, what do you have to say for your Boston Celtics? Get it together. This is what I was saying yesterday when I said that they have the uncanny ability to freak me out because in big moments, this is what happens. Jalen Brown couldn't shoot. Um, I don't know whether Joe Missoula has just been watching the town still on repeat or, you know, is there a movie? Is there a movie about making adjustments? Is there a movie about changing what you're doing? Like what movie can Joe Missoula watch that fits that bill that might be like, hey, man, maybe try like changing stuff when it doesn't work. Can you think of one, I mean? Yeah, there was a movie called The Adjustment Bureau that came out in 2011. I call it Fake Inception. So, if Wait, you, really? I, yeah, there's a movie called the, this movie. the Adjustment Bureau. I think Matt Damon was in it, so that should appeal to Joe Mazzula's yeah. Boston uh, sensibilities. Yeah, but, but, yeah well, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon needs to call him up. And be like, watch this movie, my dude. This is where in those big moments, you know, against I get also I I don't say that to take anything away from the Thunder. They are the second best team in the West. They're doing amazing things with young team. The the hoarding picks is finally uh finally paying off. Shea Gilders, They're still hoarding Sanders, them. as you said. They're yeah, still so, that's okay, the amazing great. part. So they they, they haven't even stopped awesome. hoarding them. <laughs> it's not like thirty cool. picks in the next uh five years. First of all, when you talk about the th- you gotta start with the Thunder, like they're good, dude. And it's it's a, a weird type of good because you got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is clearly gifted beyond gifted. 
He's so much better than I thought he was when he was with the Clippers. I mean, and that's real. When he was the Clippers, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a nice young player right there. He's a big guard, a big point guard. He's shifty. He's not really like explosively athletic, but he does a great job of changing speeds and, and tempos and things like that. And he's got great body control for a naturally slender guy. Um, and now he's just turned into this devastating offensive force of scoring the ball. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I know the Clippers, you know, he was part of that Paul George deal. And right. the the reason why the deal took, I guess, as long as it did to happen was because the Clippers are like, we don't want to give up on Shea Gillis Alexander. And Sam Presti, the general manager of the Thunder, said, no deal without him. So kudos to him for 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 fighting for that. Then after that, it gets really weird. Chet Holmgren, this is it, as really his rookie year. I know he, this is his second year in the league, but it's his first year playing, and he's kind of really hit the ground running. And then you got guys like Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. Yeah, and, and look, they're they're really good players, it's particularly Jalen Williams, J A L E N, J Dub, as they call them. They they differentiate differentiate them by J Dub and J Will. J Dub, yeah, dude, that I dude like is that. good. At Shit, man. Like, I, no one talks about this outside of Oklahoma, probably. He's not just yeah. a nice little role player. He's a legitimately good all-round player. And I think they've got a lot of guys like that on their roster, and they all understand their roles, and they all buy in. And shout-out to Coach Dagnall for getting them to that place. So to Boston, I keep going back to the same things. I don't believe in their depth. You know, I, I just – I don't believe – I think this is a team that's – um, they have to be aggressive either at the trade deadline, although I don't know if they have a whole hell of a lot they can afford to give up, or in the buyout market. They need like veteran bench players because right now, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, if you combine all three of those guys, I think you might get a rotation like six, seven man player. Uh, as yeah. it is, I think these are a couple eights and and a nine in Cornette that are that are getting major minutes. And then Al Horford, like I said, he's geriatric. You know, I, he he still gets it going, but like you can't. It's not fair to require that of him every night. Right. It shouldn't be his problem only to fix. The Celtics remind me, I just realized what it is, why I feel sort of hollow watching them, because they remind me of a really beautiful movie set where you've got this absolutely gorgeous facade and everything looks really good. But when you start poking at it, that thing, that thing falls flat fairly quickly. And I know that... To people watching this, you're probably like, what is your deal? You claim to be a fan of this team, and then yeah. you just absolutely destroy them. And they're at the top of the East. The top of the league? I just, that's, yes, top of the league. I just feel that it is, it's the kind of early success and and lack of success in those big moments that just makes me exceptionally nervous. So can we talk about the Thunder again, though? Because yes. he, he did say some things after the game that I really like because um he said you know when someone asked him like what does this say about your team it says that we're really playing together and we're prioritizing winning okay great as far as long term it doesn't really prove anything i guess you could mm -hmm. say or doesn't satisfy anybody we have a long ways to go and i feel like hearing that from a rookie who is performing so well should be very exciting to oklahoma city fans because the last thing you want 
is people getting ahead of themselves and and Chet at least saying publicly like, hey, we're staying grounded. We know that this is something we're going to have to keep doing. It's still only January. Uh, That seems to me like a good sign in terms of where their headspace is. Yeah, I mean, like those those types of games, they like they mean something and they mean nothing, right? They mean nothing because like, it's January, nothing matters. It's not April, May, and June. Yeah, all that shit that people talk that causes us down the line have to create an in-season tournament to remind people that these games matter. Uh, <laughs> but it, specifically, it matters because for the Thunder, you're a young team, and this is your first time being good. This is the first time this team has been good. In what, seven years? Something like that. It's been a while since they've been good. So you kind of want to know, like, how good am I? You need measuring tape, measuring sticks to kind of like, okay, am I this good? How good am I? And so when a team like Boston comes in, a team has been wildly successful over the last decade. I know they haven't won a championship, but they've been to the conference finals a zillion times. They take Mm -hmm. it to the limit. They're losing in game sevens. They've been to the finals. Like, this is a team that has won a lot. Yeah, I want to know, like, hey, are we as good as them? Can we compete with them? Or is it, like, two different classes? Are they just wh- whooping us around the court? I just thought maybe maybe Joe Mazzullo should watch Property Brothers because they're making a lot of adjustments on the fly. Shout out to Property Brothers. Shout out to my guy, you Jonathan Scott. Yeah, my good yeah. personal friend. Your close <laughs> personal friend, Jonathan. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy. For the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus, a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, I mean, we're going to talk about the Warriors again. Clay Thompson has been feeling immensely frustrated. Uh, we've seen it on the court. We've seen it in press conferences. And now, in another press conference, he talked about a conversation he had with head coach Steve Kerr about negative energy and what needs to change. Well, I do have negative energy, how that affects the team in a poor manner. So we had a great conversation. That just helped me change my whole mindset and forget about shooting splits or points per game or all-star games. And just to enjoy being in this Warriors uniform and appreciate what we built because it's such a rare opportunity for any professional athlete to be a part of so much success. You could see it on his face. You could hear it in his voice. Remorse might be too strong of a word, but a feeling of man, like I I really let it go. And ironically, when we talk about guys letting it go, usually it's you fail to put the priority where it needs to be. 
and you've kind of been dicking around. And for Clay, it's the opposite. He's been trying too hard. He's been chasing it too hard to the point where it's robbing him of appreciation of what he's a part of and what he's been a part of. This is his 13th year in the league. That's, I mean, that's a long time, man. And he's, as he said, been part of championships and gold medals and all, all of these accolades. There's a, a measure of, man, forget about most people. Most players, most NBA players have not had the career you've had, dude. And so if it comes as a struggle now in the last chapter, embrace it. Accept it and embrace it. Like that, that and also think about how you are influencing the younger guys on the team. Because I think that's an important thing. When they see him scowling, when they see him, you know, kind of negative energy-wise walking around, that's the cue that they're picking up from. That's what they're learning. That's what they're, you know, watching. So he's got to kind of bring back the positive, feel-good, happy clay in order mm -hmm. to, you know, give them kind of like this is what it's like or this is what it's supposed to be like, not, not what he's doing right now. Yeah, I agree that the mentorship part of that, I don't know that I was necessarily expecting that. And then it was like, oh, yeah, cool. This is you have had about as good as it gets of a career in the NBA. And for Clay, I can only imagine, you know, he, as you said, 13 years, you're looking at what could be next or, or you're starting not to be the version of yourself that you were. It's what we've talked about with the height of your intelligence in terms of the sport and your mm -hmm. ability. And those things cross when one starts to fall. And so for him to be able to say like, yes, I need to appreciate what I'm doing. I mean, what I've done, the reason he's been so great is because he's such a competitor, because he wants to keep being great. So the thing that is pushing him to keep trying to be great and trying to force it is what got him there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I can see where that would be a really hard thing to reconcile mentally. So for Steve Kerr to be like, hey, man, you can chill a little bit. Like, it is what it is, is basically what Steve Kerr is saying. And, yeah. and Clay taking that to the next level of being like, okay, well, if it is what it is, then I better give some of it to the next generation because that's how time works, I guess, it is what I took away from it. Other Golden State News, Steve Kerr was asked mm -hmm. about Draymond Green and his status, and he said uh, this, quote, Draymond has not mm -hmm. been in the facility, at least with us. We've been giving him his space. He's been giving us ours. What do you make of such cryptic talk? Well, I mean, I, I make that there is a clear divide between us and him in the way that Steve Kerr is talking. I don't know if that means anything. I also I'm like, do you not know if he was there or not? Like, do like so, is Draymond, it, which so, is possible. Yeah. So so I, I, I'll explain that little part is. Players all have access to the practice facility back in the day. If a player mm -hmm. wanted to come to the practice facility. They'd have to let someone like me know so that, like, I get in the locker room, I get them some, you know, like, the basketball ready, like, you need someone to, you know, rebound for you, whatever. Like, you have to open the gym up pretty much for them. Now, it's all, like, thumbprint or retinal scan or whatever, and so they've got everything there. So a guy mm -hmm. can show up at any time uh, to the building, work out, and leave. Of course, you would know because it would show who's logged in and who's logged out and and – uh, you know, for security purposes. 
But yeah, yeah, that's what that's what he means. He means like he hasn't been part of our practices, basically. Right. And he said he's giving us space. We're giving him space. Do you think Steve's mad at Draymond? Do you think he's do you think he's like mad at him? Like relationship mad? Like I'm giving him well, his space. I, yeah, sort of. It, it, relationship mad, basketball mad. Like the, the, it, answer that however you want. Is Steve Kerr mad at Draymond Green? I don't think he's mad at him. I think he realizes we're running out of time. You look at the Western Conference mm-hmm. standings. You look at how much time is left. We're creeping up to the halfway point of the season. It's very competitive. We've already had injuries. We've already had a suspension prior to this one. And there's a feeling like, man, I don't know what the future holds. I'm trying to keep Clay from freaking melting down over here. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I'm trying to raise these children to be like productive members of society uh, for the young players, right? I, I need things that I can count on. And right now, all Steve can count on really is Steph Curry. And that's not enough. And I guess a little bit of Kevon Looney as well. But he needs more things he can count on. And Draymond needs to be one of the things he can count on rather than one of the things he stays up at night worrying about. And then Andrew Wiggins and the conditioning. You know, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, I feel like, isn't there a parenting movement, like gentle parenting, where they talk about like big feelings? They're like, if your child is experiencing big feelings take them aside and say i understand i feel like that's what steve steve's dealing with a lot of big feelings over there in in golden state i also don't have kids so yeah we don't we don't do that big feeling there's <laughs> gonna be big you, problems big, you don't big, amino yeah. hasn't <laughs> with big problems is how i parent <laughs> like it's gonna be big problems if this room isn't clean yesterday the twins took about 40 minutes to put sheets on a bed sheets on a bed i said what's going on was it a fitted said, sheet was it a fitted, fitted sheet? sheet? Fitted sheet on a bed. In fairness, and difficult. Difficult to put not on to a bed. No, no, absolutely not. The, and they, and by the way, that was an excuse they gave. The excuse they gave was we didn't have any pillowcases. But so, also a good point. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Charlotte has her fists up. It must mean it's word count Wednesday. We ask each other questions that we must answer in 10 words or less, and we demonstrate that it's 10 <laughs> words or less by holding up our deformed pinkies and, <laughs> and counting them out on Earth. It's very fancy around here. <laughs> Charlotte, are you ready for your first question? Yeah. All right. After being sick the last few days, Terry Rozier put up 34 points in the Hornets' 111-104 win over the Kings. When asked if it should be called his flu game, Rozier responded, I was throwing up, but we ain't going to call it a flu game. So what should we call it, Charlotte? A went to the nurse game. This to me is like, this is this is a regular season game. And mm-hmm. Terry Rozier was sick, and now he's not. And he played very well afterwards i do you can only it can only be a flu game if it's in a big moment if it really matters it's like otherwise you just got better so i'm going to call it the the went to the nurse game because that's what you do when you're not feeling that well in school and you go to the nurse and then you get better and you go back and you do your work you do your job do your job terry yeah that's what you call it yeah terry also like for a few days was in la and then in phoenix Hmm. during the holiday season so yeah 
And uh, not quite as much of a plausible deniability as Michael Jordan's flu game, which to this day, I don't believe it was pizza and I don't believe it was flu. <laughs> I believe it was old man Hennessy. Something else? Paying a visit, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's your first one. I mean, <clears throat> the Timberwolves look good, but is there something they're still missing? Yes. Time. Time moves God. by so slowly, <laughs> so slowly. So existential today. Yes. What they're doing is awesome. It's fun. Oh my God! They're defending better than anybody. They're they've got a bona fide superstar in Anthony Edwards. They they've all bought into their roles or accepting their roles. Carl Anthony Towns is playing well. Rudy Gobert is playing well. Kyle Anderson's playing well, et cetera, et cetera. Nas Reed, I could go on. But as a collective, this group has very little playoff success in their past. The guys who have been there have never been out of the first round. The guys who haven't been there or or or, or are new to Minnesota, like Rudy like Kyle Anderson, it's not like they've won championships or been deep in the playoffs a bunch either. Rudy's never been to the conference finals. So I think part of what's happening or what needs to happen, and then this sucks for any young team to hear, mm -hmm. you kind of have to go through it and get your teeth kicked in and realize, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good. We're a lot better. But there's another level to this because uh, I think they're a complete team in terms of types of talents. I just think yeah. that lack of playoff experience is going to hinder how deep they can go. But once they get it, I think the sky's the limit. Uh, Charlotte, your second question. How upset should Carlos Boozer be that the Utah Jazz triple-double triple drought double. is finally over after Jordan Clarkson Notched a 20-point, 11-assist, 10-rebound uh, affair in the Jazz 127-90 win on Monday night, uh, breaking that 16-year triple-double drought for Utah. Not too upset. Mm. Because his record has, he's been, he was the last one to do it since 2008. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I don't know what more. At, at a certain point, it starts to be embarrassing. It starts to be like, wow, I really wish not to him that I played. Not to him. But why would it be embarrassing to him? It's embarrassing to the team, but to him, it's like that's right. No, I just feel like it's a lot. He he had he, it was pretty good. Like he had a pretty good run of being the last guy to do it. So that's my, yeah. that's my reasoning. What's yours? Here's why I think he's not too upset because as you'll hear in this clip right here from this very program, where we asked him about it. He didn't even know. There's been no regular season triple double since mine in 08. That's right. That's wow, right, Carlos. Mind blowing the way. I mean, they get them nowadays like it's nothing. I didn't even know. Five it's thousand. like, hey, uh, how mad at you to know that your record of saying uh, Sarah Palin the most times in a, a basketball program in 2023 was actually broken on the last day? I, I had no idea. I didn't even know it was a record. Yes, you absolutely knew it was a record. You're very proud of it. I am. Okay. I mean, when a reporter asked Chet Holmgren what he's proven in the NBA, Chet answered, I haven't proven shit. I've played 30 games. 
What will take to prove he's made it? First of all, I think he's real. But <laughs> winning awards? Question mark? Yeah. I don't know. When, okay. if, he, if he wins Rookie of the Year, uh, obviously he's going to be all first team, uh, all uh, rookie first team. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess winning an award slash having some team success, they go, they win a couple rounds in the playoffs. You know, if they get out the first round and he plays well, yeah. I think that's what will prove it to him, I guess. But I think he's already made it. I mean, it's, like, it's clear this dude is a good basketball player. <laughs> right. like, which I guess, no. I mean, I wonder if every rookie has that in the back of their head. Like, yeah, I've been good everywhere else. Whatever, I'm about to play with the big boys. Oh, my God. I'm super overwhelmed. What if I'm not good enough? Uh, yeah. And then you ball out and you're like, oh, maybe I am. He's probably still on some level. I mean, not to put words in his mouth, but maybe he's still sort of scared. It's all going to go away. It's like the dream you've had since you were a little kid. And mm -hmm. I mean, it can go away very quickly. So your last question, Charlotte. Yes. John Morant dunked over Victor Wembanyama last night and said, that's what everybody wanted. So that's my late Christmas gift. <laughs> Charlotte, you're tasked with giving dunking over Webinyama a name. Um, what is that feat called when you dunk on Webinyama? Jumping into, I'm making myself laugh already, a tall drink of water. What is this? Early from the 1960s? Who's that? That's a tall drink of water. That's something yeah, Charles Wilder would transatlantic say. Transatlantic accent. That wasn't yeah. even a transatlantic accent. I am all over the place today. I mean, I'm going to give you your last question and we're going to get out of here. Sure. You have to cast your MVP vote today. Mm -hmm. Who do you vote for and why? Embiid. Oh. <laughs> because Sixers are great and. He's playing even better. Well done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, he, he's yeah. better than he was last year. He's he's more yeah. dominant than he was last year. The team's better than it was last year. And this is despite having traded a superstar for a bunch of serviceable good role players, uh, which I think we often look at it like, well, they took a step back. You know, they always say, oh, the team that got the best player in the deal, that's the team that won the deal. Well, I would argue, even though the Clippers have been playing a lot better with Harden lately, that the Sixers did a lot better for themselves. They got a lot more depth in defense and shooting. And so th this has made them a better team and also has put more of a focus on Embiid to have to do it every night. And he stepped up to the challenge. So I would give him MVP if I had to cast a vote today. You could also say the team that traded away the player who called that team's GM a liar in China might have won the trade in terms of what's going on in their building. What's going on in their building? Well, not anymore. They're not, nothing. Hard oh. is gone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just trying to do my part over here, everybody.